Why use it as money, you say? Because the world is constantly changing. And sometimes mankind overstretches his grasp. And then when that happens, he needs something to fall back on, something to keep him grounded, something to keep him humble, something to remind him he is not 100% in control of the things on this planet. That is silver and gold. Good afternoon. It's 1 p.m. I'm recording this at 11 a.m. Monday. Uh, my name is Vince Lancey, and this is the Arcadia Economics Silver Fix. And with your permission, I'm going to do something a little bit different today. January 19th, James Grant wrote a very nice piece entitled Old Money for a New Age. We shared this with Gold Fix subscribers. I'd like to quote from that piece and then comment on that quote. Mr. Grant states, technically, $35 an ounce was not a price, but a definition, as was the long preceding value, $20.67 an ounce, each defined the U.S. dollar as a weight of gold. The concept of a metallic money is interwoven into the U.S. Constitution in Article 1, Section 8, which grants Congress the power to, quote, coin money, regulate the value thereof, and of foreign coin and fix the standard of weights and measures, end quote. Pretty powerful statement. Uh, I'd like to share some thoughts on that while I leave it on the screen. Once upon a time, not long ago, not too long ago, money was measured in ounces, not in dollars, ounces. Back then and since time immemorial, dollars were measured in ounces. Ounces were not measured in dollars. What was a dollar worth? An ounce, a half an ounce, two ounces. It didn't matter how many ounces or how few, because the money was measured in the one thing that remained constant throughout every crisis humanity foisted upon itself, and in doing so, kept us from forgetting our limitations. If the world was all about change, then money was a tether to that same world. Silver and gold were the reminder that not everything can be improved upon by man. Not everything needed value added for it to be valuable. Silver and gold's existence were checks on mankind's arrogance. They served as a reminder that, try as we may, some things are unimprovable and constant. And we all need an anchor to keep us from floating adrift when times get tough. Specie was that anchor. The paper fiat we attached to it was the rope tether and could be lengthened or shortened depending on our confidence in our own abilities. The economy was therefore the ship to be navigated, holding precious cargo, its people. That's how the analogy goes. But holding it all together was that anchor. The anchor was never abandoned completely. But as man became more clever, more ingenious, more advanced, he discovered ways to prune upon everything. He made trees into houses. He made black goo into gasoline. He even improved upon other metals like iron, making them stronger, harder, more useful. Everything he touched, man made better, except silver and gold. Those things he could neither transform nor improve upon. Those were symbols of the absolute, symbols of God on earth, perfection in form, unimprovable by man, and therefore only good enough in truth for one thing, something that needed to be constant keeping our progressive ambitions from becoming untethered or unanchored, that being money. Why use it as money, you say? 
because the world is constantly changing and sometimes mankind overstretches his grasp. And then when that happens, he needs something to fall back on, something to keep him grounded, something to keep him humble, something to remind him he is not 100% in control of the things on this planet, something that cannot be improved upon. That is silver and gold. However, <clears throat> humanity became frustrated with silver and gold, not being able to improve upon them as money and needing to spend more than we made. A plan was concocted, blame gold, blame silver, and demote them as limiters on our progress. Not anchors keeping us steady, but weights holding us back. Silver and gold were reminders of mankind's limitations and thus had to be banished from the world as an anchor to absolute truth. As a result, in 1971, President Nixon abrogated a centuries-old truism, and in doing so, dollars were no longer measured in ounces. Ounces became measured in dollars. We had outgrown physical money, they said. It was holding us back, they said. It was deflationary, an inanimate pet rock that has no opinion and no skills other than to just sit there and give of itself without asking anything in return was the cause of our problems. Think about that. And so ounces per dollar became dollars per ounce. The one last objective measure we had to keep humanity honest with itself was declared a collectible, a piece of art, a pet rock. This was, I contend, Neo-Keynesianism's greatest triumph. And the Western leaders from there on in went following the advice of their new gods. Gods named Greenspan, Bernanke, Yellen, and Powell. Gods who told us there is no absolute. The only absolute is man's progress. We fix everything. We even fix the money. Upward we soared like Icarus, set free with new wings, all the while ignoring the warnings of his father, Daedalus, to not fly too high, to not forget your limitations, the warnings, of course, of gold and silver. And here we are just over 50 years later, silver and gold are unchanged, still unimprovable, and perfect in every way for what they were meant to be. The anchor that keeps us humble even as we achieve greatness. The East almost, but didn't forget this. The West, it seems, is just beginning to relearn. Turning back to James Green's, Green, oh, sorry, James Grant's piece from January 19th. You may or may not agree with the economist Murray Rothbard when he writes, quote, on the free market, the monetary unit, the unit of the nation's accounts naturally emerges as a unit of weight of the money commodity. For example, the silver ounce or the gold gram. However, that may be with Nixon's abrogation of the link between the dollar and gold, the currency lost its lawful weight and gold acquired its fluctuating price. The law was broken in 1971 and a constitutional crisis was avoided when Nixon used the word temporarily, like any good lawyer would. But we shall see likely sooner rather than later that his proclamation was indeed temporary. Silver and gold were money before. There'll be money again in the eyes of humanity. They've always been money, whether we think so or not. Thank you. I'm Vince. Have a great day.
Well, thank you to Vince, as always, for this week's Silver Report. Hope you found that one helpful at home. And real quick, before we wrap up, we'd like to thank Silver Viper, who brought us today's show. Silver Viper, run by Steve Cope, who you see on the show every month and has been advancing their La Virginia project, where their initial resource estimate had 49 million ounces of silver equivalent. And Silver Viper is finishing up a financing that will have them set to get back out there and begin drilling again as they look to increase the size of that resource estimate. So you can find out more about Silver Viper at silverviperminerals.com and certainly company to keep an eye on and find out more about in the midst of the fascinating dynamics that we have in the silver market where we're seeing a deficit, seeing a lack of investment into a lot of the silver exploration companies and sector in general. So find out more at silverviperminerals.com. Hope you're having a great day out there and we'll see you again tomorrow.